It's Thursday in Oceanside. I am Uncle Timmy. Welcome to the Bounce Back Pod. I'm with Avante at Bubbles by the Beach. Hello, hello. I've got Dan Blacker, LJ, and Kat. Thank you very much for joining us. You guys have to try some of this jerky, too. You got to try it. This is arch jerky. It's unbelievable. Bag of jerks. Bag of jerks. Well, you're looking at a bag of jerks (laughs) in more ways than one. That's true. All right. Give me the story. Bubbles by the Beach and the rap. Yeah, let's do it. So the reason we're here in the first place is because, uh, well, first of all, my name is Avante. I'm the owner of this store, Bubbles by the Beach. And um, shout out to you, first of all, because this is our first retail location, too. Yes, absolutely. And we're very excited to be the first people carrying it. So um, I got connected through Mudflap, which is a a nice size YouTuber. And um, he came to our store and pulled a prank on us, actually. And that was the first time that I had ever met him. And he was like, yo, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing a YouTube prank, whatever, whatever. And he ended up coming back to the store a few times. And one day he came in, I was like, you know what? I'm filming a music video for this rap song that I'm doing called Rubber Bands. And uh, I would like you to be in it. So he showed up. That video is actually going to be released in the next week or so. And it's epic. It's an incredible video. And anyway, while we were on the set, he was like, yo, I have a friend that's got a beer. And it might be a perfect fit for your store. His name is Timmy. I'm like, send him in. Let's do it. And then I found out that we would be the first people ever carrying it. So we were like, let's throw a huge block party. And here we are. Here we are. Uh, here's your ride right here. Oh, <laughs> there it is. 24 karat this champagne. Is this is like yeah, This is the champagne, champagne supernova oh right gosh. here. You going to bounce a couple verses for us or no? Oh, I could do that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want it. You actually want me to do that right now? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Man, we should. Uh, dang. All right. Do we need like I a mean, beat? you can do warm up. You, right, you can do it at the end you if you want. instrumental you need to give me or what do you want? I can give you an instrumental. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Here we go. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some is, live verses here. Be able this to plug wild. my phone in and just do Quinn. it. That way? No, just drop me. Airdrop me. It's okay, LJ. got it. You know, Timmy was in a band for a long time. That's how we got to start in Hollywood. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I was waiting for you to bring my car back. It's been like weeks. Clint. <laughs> my L- birthday was in May. LJ's phone. Dude, yeah. thank you so much. Happy birthday to me, man. I love it. <laughs> Dude, it's fine. Dude, I got this BMW. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> So right now we okay. are um, airdropping. This is the. This, this is actually video. the song that I just mentioned. Is Rubber Bands. This is the live track. The Internet Sensation. Internet I'm Sensation ready. Chaos, and that's with an X. Here we go. You guys ready? All right, I'm doing it. Yup, yup, pass the mic, keep my head down, looking past the hype, soak it all in like a bag of rice, keep the haters close, that's whack advice, cause everybody wanna join, no sacrifice, and I'm doing pretty good, why you acting nice, never know I'm about to win and never ask to fight, never backing out of battles, making stacks, I might just blow, all them racks that made it in my show, all my accolades when I flow, mind on blacker days when I'm broke, and now I stack the pay and lay low, and I got raps today, so I crack the safe and get back to base when I go, let them haters hate on them, 802's hate to stay, if I won't, who's gonna crack your face if I don't come on boy try it out last I checked you was dying down I got too much cash and it's hiding out it's like way too much for your mind to count this is big time boy it's a high amount so I go to the stores with a couple of bands and I find the bands and I buy them out how's that for a verse I was not ready for that dude you just pulled that out that was amazing I I that was written not 
a freestyle. Well, yeah, yeah, but like. But yes. There we go. We're back. Sorry, we're we went go. crazy. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's the it's the jewelry. It's my. Oh, jewelry. we were going wild. We were going wild. It's the jewelry. There you go. Dude, Bubbles was, on the beach. You got some flow. By Thank the you, beach. Man. Thank you. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I'm trying Multi-talk. to get signed. So if anyone's listening to this, I'm very impressed. I have an entertainment lawyer I can send it to. Oh yeah, please do. Hand to God. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I get the email I got later. My CDs out here. I just released that album about a month ago. So. I will send that email. All you right. put the bounce back in here. That email will Thank be you, sent. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> it's happening. There we go. The greatest thing ever is uh, thoroughbred horse trainer Dan Blacker has to follow that. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a tough act to follow, He's my an friend. incredible oh, drunken karaoke. <laughs> He's going to sing up? Wonderwall by <laughs> Oasis. <laughs> uh, All right, so, guys. Well, thanks for having me on. And thanks for having us. And thanks for being us. in our store that was this the, event. That was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You're the best and uh, I'll pass the mic. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, look no further than ascending real-life thoroughbred horse trainer, Mr. Daniel Blacker. The second reason we're in San Diego area is tomorrow, opening day. That's correct. Denmark. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's okay. some, this is the easiest guy in the world we're going to talk to. <laughs> the English are so easy. I'm sorry I'm not going to rap. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I come in with no good skills. It yeah. was pretty amazing. Like, I, know, I was honestly, away. I was like, I thought that was the owner of the liquor store. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm like, are we is this eight mile? <laughs> it's, it was unreal. So, why don't you tell everybody how you and I have got to know each other about 15 years, more or less? Yeah, I worked with your so wife. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do I, you know I, the story? Oh. Well, I'm I, sure. I, I, I actually need to hear asked it. her. I was like, okay. hey, um, just when he asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, hey, what's the history with Tim? And like, well, why doesn't he work for TVG anymore? <laughs> and like, she got a, kind of got all awkward. And I was like, oh, okay, I won't go any further. So please enlighten oh, no, us. No, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't tell on you. <laughs> no. Wow, she's I loyal. I I tell I us the story of why vibe. you no longer work for TVG. I told the story a million times. <laughs> uh, first of all, Hollywood Park was my favorite god ra- rest its soul yeah it, it racetrack <laughs> forever i can't out. like the rams because it that's where it got built on hollywood park it was just the greatest it, it, play, it was the most it's the, it the track that played the most fair in my opinion you know and it, it, it epitomizes everything so long story short i used to have to get to the races by around noon and interview the bands. And the bands were either ascending or descending. So, yeah, Devo oh, okay. performed, Flock of Seagulls. I saw know, Revolution there. When Revolution, really? uh, Spearhead yeah. was great. So this day I interviewed not Mark Mothersburg, but the other guitar player from Devo. And they're all sober. And they have a nice tent and they got food in there. And they had, uh, they had three cases of Heineken. And my camera guy, Canadian, and I will not, his name rhymes with Rarick. Uh, I don't know if he's still with the company. He's like, dude, what are you going to do? Like, you interviewed him. They're playing tonight. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't feel like, you know, going back to Hollywood. He's like, you want to have a couple of Heinekens? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a couple of Heinekens. He goes, you know, you're not going on till like 10 p.m. tonight because Hollywood Park was night racing. 7 p.m. was the first post. Wow. So I'm like, yeah, we'll have a couple pops. We'll cut into the first case is gone. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm a light beer drinker. <laughs> And this guy's got a wooden leg. You know, the Canadians are all Paul Bunyans. You know what I mean? They can just suck them down. It doesn't even matter. He's like, dude, you could be all right. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be fine, dude. I got it. I got it. I'm walking over there now. I went to audio and got my microphone and I got my earpiece. I missed hair and makeup. The shirt that I was wearing might as well have been a picnic <laughs> tablecloth. 
And I hear Kevin Grisby going, uh, Bader, psh, uh, where are you? I'm like, dude, I'm going to the food trucks, man. There's a cheese truck here. Todd Shrub's <laughs> cheesy. I'm going to just wing it. It's going to be the best improv ever. It's a Seinfeld episode. He's like, huh, what? You're not in your spot? I'm like, nah, I've, I got under control. It's cheese puff, Todd's cheese puff. It's going to be great. It's going to work. He's like, uh, three, two, one. And before the camera operator, and when it wasn't the other guy, it was Anna, I think. Like, let me go. I hear Kevin Grisby. Hey, in the interest of the network and the show, Tim, we're going to ask you not to go on. Oh, my God. And I was like, huh? Oh. <laughs> All right, cool. Night off. Go so upstairs. watching the feed in, yeah. in oh, the truck, and oh, they're like, dude. hell no. Dude, Baffert said it was the greatest, analyst, the greatest thing on TVG ever happened. <laughs> so this is where I have no shame. I get fired. I go to uh, Nola. What's her name? Nona or Nola? Nola. Nola's bar. And I proceed to hit a superfector for like six grand. So I'm like, fuck you, TVG. <laughs> <laughs> Took a cab home, went to Jack in the Box. That was the end. <laughs> Tony did try to hire me back. I go, and I want, because uh, I was like, uh, what do they call that? They paid me per show. They they wanted you, but then they couldn't get you. You're so they, they got Paul LaDuca instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All-star Paul LaDuca. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So that's how it worked out. Yeah, I worked with... Uh, with Danny's wife, Christina, who's a gem. And her dad was a, a jockey. A jockey, yeah. What was his, Did what, you guys what, meet at the track? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Frank Oliveris. Is, yeah, Frank, is Frank Oliveris. It was a really good jockey, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell me how you got from England to the States. The funny thing, just quickly, I, I want to say, like, when I was talking to Christina about how she was like, how, how did you, when did you first meet Tim? And I was like, through you. I can't remember when it was. And so I, out of curiosity, I went to my phone and I like, swiped through all the text messages going back to like 2014 <laughs> the first text message do you like your horse that's what the text was <laughs> hey dan is your horse live today in the fifth he's like no the first text message i sent to, i sent to you is like beta last night was insane oh i can't believe paul oakenfold kissed me <laughs> Okie likes that the track. The first text I ever sent you in 2014. I remember that. Okie's the greatest. I have yeah. a picture of him in Bejarano. It's a masterpiece. So you guys met and Paul was there. Yeah. And yeah. then you introduced him. So I think tell it was us a, what happened it that night. must have been at the... Oh, fuck. Was no, he performed, that no, oh he performed at Del Mar. That night. No, he oh, performed at Del Mar. No, I, I think it was Santa Anita. No, I promise it was Del Mar. Because he performed in the normally at Del Mar they perform in the paddock. Yeah, he was so big they had a parking lot. Yeah, because I remember be saying right. to him, "I'm like, dude, you gonna fill this up?" And he's like, "Are you white, mate? I've got it." And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" No, I was like a teenager in the '90s, and like I had like all his albums, like and to see and you, hey, it's Paul from Oakenfold. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> And then he made out with me, and it was like, <laughs> he liked it. God bless the English. <laughs> Sorry, it's, Christina. It's so crazy because my brother asked me um, today or yesterday. He had a, a fan. He's like, "How did you meet Oki, and where'd you see him?" And I go, "I never saw him in Vegas. The first show I saw Paul Oakenfold was in Reno, Reno, Nevada, and then I saw him at Del Mar, and we couldn't remember it. And then I saw him at Nobu, Nobu." in Malibu was the greatest ever because he didn't play any of his own music. He just DJed it like it was a wedding. And let me tell you what, his taste in music, you knew every song, but it was not overplayed. He, like he was just hitting you with like hit after hit from 1950 to now. We were like, oh my God, I forgot this song. <laughs> I don't dance. I was dancing. <laughs> that place was rocking. They shut it down on the beach. 
No, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. But listen, how'd you get over here? Come anyway, on. Anyway, back to me. Back yeah. to oh, me. Uh, there he was, Mike. <laughs> uh, how'd I get over here? I grew up uh, on a farm in England, learned how to ride horses when I was a kid. Always really passionate about horses. Loved being around them, riding them, and went through school, went to college for something completely different. When I graduated- Wait, where'd you go to, what'd you go to college for? Tell us. Uh, environmental geoscience. What? That's good. That's good. Yeah. You're trying to save the planet. I like yes. it. Yes. No, geoscience is kind of more like oil and gas, so the opposite. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> so destroy the planet. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Anyway, I saw the light, and now I decided that horse racing was w much more a uh, uh, good career to follow. So I, but I was always passionate about horses. When I graduated, decided I didn't want to do that. I was fortunate to get accepted into this program which is uh, sponsored by the King of Dubai. It's a uh, horse racing graduate scheme that they do every two years. 12 people around the world, they select them and go around the world learning about racing and breeding. Part of that, I came to California, I came to America and then came to California to do my work placement with a trainer and just, I was like, this is gonna be my home for the rest of my Where life. Where was wow. the first place in, in the States that you landed? We went to Kentucky first, in uh, yeah, Lexington, Kentucky. We were at it for eight months and I saw my wife on TV for the first time. And I was like, there's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it could be so easy. I've been striking out for years. <laughs> it's amazing. They got Naomi's out here. True story. Oh! true story. Actually, we were, we're sitting, it's like February in Lexington, Kentucky. It's like minus 50 or whatever. It's snow outside. And we're watching like Santa Anita on the TV. And I see my buddies. We were three guys. We're watching TV in Santa Anita. And there's like, Christina comes on TV. And she's like, I was like, who is that? And my buddy Connor's like, Blacker, that's Christina Oliveira. You got no fucking shot. <laughs> I can tell you this. We used to have, when I did work with her and we had TV dinners, she was smitten over you. Nah. Hand to God. She, she got stuck sitting next to me. I always got too drunk. She was always like, she Weird. always, she always like treated me like a zoo animal like she would just stare at me like i was the fucking like weird baboon or something but i can remember her talking she's like i met this guy's english is so sweet i was like i'm like fuck the english like oh, whatever I, I'm, a, I'm the real hunk <laughs> but i do remember i didn't know who you were she was gaga over you man oh, so dear. it all worked out yeah you got the kiddos it's a good yeah. thing yeah three girls They're but when all... you hit california dude come on now it is different than england man 100 percent I, but I had a, it was weird. I had a vibe, I had a feeling that I was always going to be in California, even before I came here. I just knew it. And when I stepped off the plane, I know it's like a, whatever. I, people will say this all the time, but when I stepped off the plane, I just was like, this is my home. You say the Danny, same thing. Danny, I love that we're sharing the story with each other. I played in the rock band. I was up and down the East Coast. Uh, I, I hit uh, the South, the Midwest, but when I drove across country and I climbing over the 101 and I saw Capitol Records, I go, this is it for me, man. I'm like, no matter what, I'm, let, let's talk about it. Let's really talk yeah, about it. I want to hear it. I spend 10,000 hours learning the guitar, <laughs> taking singing lessons, piano. I put six records out, fail. <laughs> 15 years of acting lessons, which I shouldn't say is a failure. I'm, I have a pension now. I'm in SAG after. I've been in 100 commercials, 20 fucking yeah, TV Yeah, SAG's shows, doing great. few movies. Well, whatever. <laughs> when I turn 55, I'm collecting. But at the end of it all, California, I am dressed like Art, a fat Chippendale, hocking beer. <laughs> Only in America. <laughs> Duff man. Oh, I am Duff Man. I got the bow tie and it's like the monocle. Wait, is the monocle developed in England? Yeah, of course it was. Everything yes. was. It? Yeah. You know, it's it's evil. Sounds fantastic. Dr. Evil, Mike yeah. Myers. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so tomorrow's opening day. Yeah. Try to give the audience of like, I, I, I compared it to being as wild as like the Derby or any, it's triple crowns. It's, it's packed. It's crazy. It, the horses are great. I mean, yeah, I mean, Del Mar opening day is the Kentucky Derby of California in terms of the vibe, the, the, the lead up to it. It's the biggest crowd. It's, it's all the excitement because Del Mar it's in the summer every year, everyone's looking forward to it. And it's just the start of uh, what things to come, but it's the biggest day of the summer. Yeah. Sure. And it's by the beach yeah. and I love they're doing it on Friday because usually sure. uh, Friday nights is twilight racing, right? Uh, for the rest of the meet, yeah. It'll be 4 o'clock, right? 4 o'clock So 2 place. o'clock tomorrow, though? Yes. Is it always on a Friday, opening day? No, yeah. it used to be on Wednesdays, to be honest. The last few years, it's been Friday. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for someone who hasn't been before, obviously the race is the biggest part, but what else shouldn't you miss yeah. when you're there? Uh, the women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the women are like another it. level. <laughs> and they, they, they dress like it's a beauty pageant. I'm talking dresses, hats, high heels, and they're fun. They're sucking down margaritas and Mio. You know what I'm saying? I mean, They're it's unreal. Fun. Well, listen, you got to think about this. Two Hollywood moguls, Jimmy Durante and Bing Crosby, were like, we, you know, the wives want to go down to the beach. They want to dress up. Fuck it. Let's build a track. Because they wanted to stay at Hollywood Park in Santa Anita. So they built this track. So the women come down, they compete with how good looking they are. And then, and by the way, like I, when I was single, I used to crush it here right in the camera. Crush it. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Legends. Seriously, come on. You guys. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> See those moves? <laughs> but no, it's just a fun atmosphere. Okay. What is it? Where the surf meets the turf or the turf meets the surf? I always get it wrong. I get it confused too. I don't know. Yeah. Is, is there an official cocktail? It's an official song. Del Margarita. Where Del Margarita? T- yeah. Del Margarita. Margarita. Yeah, basically. Where the surf meets the turf at Del Mar. They, they sing the song. Yeah. It's like the seventh inning stretch. Love it. it it's it's just it. fantastic. And come on. Like, I'm not even a beach guy, but to be honest, whenever you're near a beach, it's never a bad time. Nope. It's, it's great. It's an awesome vibe. Everyone is having a good time. Um, I always look forward to this time of year. It's, it's really the kind of crown jewel of California and, and in terms of it's where all the owners come and all their friends and it's just a big party. It's so fun. Now, yeah, that's the other thing too. There's so much to get into here. Hold on one second. So the after parties are out of control. Oh. Like the nights, that's the greatest thing. They don't start racing till two. So you can get blitzkrieged the night before. You sleep till 11, you're still making first post. And by the way, all the jockeys are sober. Every last one of them is their early training. It's a true story. No, no, jockeys do. They work hard. They party hard. They're known to tip a few back. A few get over the skis. It's not a big deal. I mean, how could you actually? They're, nowadays, they're very. They're maybe in the old days. Nowadays, they are like. Yeah. They are they're fine fit, it's a fiddle, athletes, man. Yeah, they're like UFC fighters. They don't mess yeah. around. That was the old days, man. They used to yeah. drink and ride back in the day, or what? Well. <laughs> Someone told me that. Allegedly. No, no, I'm (laughs) kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I do have a couple weird questions for you. So the one thing is, well, first of all, Saratoga is also as elegant, I believe, as uh, Del Mar. But would you rather be in the woods or would you rather be at the beach? Well, if you rather be sweating in 100 degree humid and 100% humidity, then Saratoga is your spot. With mosquitoes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't get me wrong. Saratoga is... A wonderful place to go racing in its own, you know, upstate New York is absolutely beautiful. But to come to the beach, Southern California, yeah. it's uh, it's tough to be. The crabs stay in the ocean. Favorite, tri- uh, tri- favorite track <laughs> that's not Del Mar. 
Favorite track that's not Del Mar. Santa Anita. Oh. Do you love it? Yeah. Uh, mine is Keeneland. I love Keeneland. Where's that? Yeah. In uh, Kentucky. Lexington, yeah, Lexington, Lexington yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, it's a little boutique, but it's so beautiful, all the green and stuff. So what I was telling these guys, they're looking for like edges and stuff. And it's like the horses are all so good at Del Mar. Yeah. But one angle I said is like you, you brought it up. All the owners want to win at Del Mar. So I said, like, sometimes a trainer will have a great horse and they'll tell the owner, hey, we should run them at X, Y, and Z. This horse is great. And sometimes the owner will go save him for Del Mar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I said, sometimes an angle is to go look at some of the super owners if they're there and all that stuff. The other question I have for you, because it's salt air and it can be difficult, does that affect the track at all? I think it does, but I don't. I I'm not a track guy. I don't have the insight on that. You don't know. You don't look at the bias. It's definitely Del Mar has its own little intricacies in terms of how you handicap it. But like, I think if you're a, a like a novice handicapper, or you're just getting into horse racing, or even your first time at Del Mar, like for me, I typically would my the advice I always say is like just follow the jockeys. Like the best jockeys, like typically the leading riders, Juan Hernandez. If you follow him, he's probably going to win a couple of races every day, most likely. And then <laughs> who's got who's the agent for Juan Hernandez? Is Greg it? O'Brien. Now, Juan's did he start at Golden Gate? Yeah, I'm not sure where he started. started yeah, because he I mean, he is great. But he, he definitely made his name at Golden Gate and then came down here and has just been kicking butt ever since. The other thing that's so wild about the jockeys is they're all just coast to coast. They're just landing in all these different places. Yeah, I mean, typically we have our, our colony, as it's called, the jockey colony. They're, they're, they're kind of the main set guys at in Southern California. But yeah, over the summer, we'll have some of the big names from back east come back and for the big races. And the, Oh, the funniest thing about this is like, you guys have no idea what type of athletes jockeys are. You have to think, what are they weighing between 115 and 125? Pound for pound, they're the, they're the, the toughest. They are the toughest athletes. And they're moving a 1,500-pound animal going 35 miles an hour. You know, uh, who's the retired jockey? So sweet. Aaron, what's his last name? He's Aaron always, Grider. Aaron Grider one time let me the feel. The Ryder Grider. Ryder Grider, the greatest. Let me feel his calf. It was like a bowling pin. Like, I couldn't believe it. I swear to God. It was like, I go, dude, is that, a, it's like a real leg? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what? And then you got guys like Mike Smith. How old Smitty? Yeah. And his, uh, hmm, I mean, probably get mad. All right. Well, listen, he's a seasoned rider. In the early fifties. Yeah. He's unreal. So you just, you just don't understand. Plus the hours they're up working the horses. Then they got to sleep. The hardest got... thing for them is they have to constantly worry about their weight. So you think about right. how you feel if you miss a meal. You feel grouchy, right? Like jocks don't eat. So they're constantly like mentally, I think it's really hard on them to, to constantly stay positive. And being like being positive is a huge part of well, Timmy, you constantly winning worry races. about your weight right now. My weight? Yeah. Oh, here's, I either <laughs> drink or I eat. I, I, didn't, I didn't drink for three days. Let me tell you what I ate. I saw it in I saw it in uh, Avante's place. They got Indiana movie buttered popcorn. I crushed that. I washed it down with a Reese's peanut butter block. Then I ate two <laughs> slices of pizza. I had a couple Snyder's hard pretzels, and then I had Sour Patch gummy worms. You are the pinnacle of health. So your yeah. horse would buck you off. Yeah, but uh, I, but if I'm drinking, I'll have one crouton and an egg. How are you hungry if you drink? Like, I don't even get it. You know, I get nutrients. Okay, I'm new to this horse world, so this sure. is kind That's, of a dumb question. I'm but sure it's not. 
do the jockeys just race one race or they have multiple races throughout so the entire So the top day? jockeys will often race every race. Every race? Every race on the card, yeah. That so, is a long day. Yeah. They got to go in the locker room, change, put the colors of the owners on, yeah, there's go 10 meet races the owners. And, oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're really fit and they're like chiseled, those guys. They, so what's they, better, a guy who's raced all day or somebody who's fresh? Yeah. I think you just want the best jockey who's got the best record. It doesn't matter whether... If, if typically the guys that only race once or twice, they're probably lower down on the standings. And you, you, the guys at the top that ride every race, they're there because they're the best jockeys. So you want okay. those guys. Somebody gave me a great question. And I don't have the answer for it. Um, a major league baseball hitter, you know, the major leagues, um, does a jockey have to react faster than a hitter of a major mm. league baseball pitch? Because Jockey said you have like a tenth of a second when they get out of the gate. Am I going wide? Am I going inside? Am I punching? Am I pulling back? And it's it's got to be that quick. And yeah. I, don't, I don't have the answer to that. I think it's a lot less easy to determine because, you know, a pitch is like that and it's over. You know, whereas a race is, you know, a minute and a half long yeah. or anything around that time. And maneuvers that the jockeys decide to do or not during the race can can have a massive in uh, impact on the final outcome. You can lose by that much, and it would be because of move you made at the beginning of the race. Yes. So it's really difficult to determine what is the 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 formula for winning. But like ultimately, the best jockeys rise to the top. They just keep winning, and they just have a way to get to the, their nose down, their horse's nose down on the finish line in first. Yeah, it's crazy because in sports, you know, a lot of people think the onus is on in, in ice hockey, the goaltender, in soccer, the goaltender. Like, you know, you have to go through a whole team before you get to the goalie. Uh, uh, a jockey is the scorer and the goaltender because getting out of the gate, that's almost half the battle. If, if you get stuck in the gate, if you get bumped at the gate, that you can gotta have- You got to kick them good? Dude, when they get it, the funniest thing, a jockey, and I won't give you his name, he goes, I might have a game plan. It's kind of like Mike Tyson. You have a game plan until you get punched in the face. He goes, when a 1,500-pound animal wants to go right, you want to go left, you're going right. <laughs> right? Like, Seriously. they don't even get it. Like, And the other thing is, left, baby. Um, the other thing is, there's a million ways you can win a race. There's all, you know only one way that you can. And the easiest thing to fault is the jockey. The simplest way to put it is like you the horse breaks from the gate you get it to relax find a position and then at some point in the race as a jockey you ask it to go and you ask for it, everything it's got to and you want to time that run to so it's got it's emptied all its energy bang right when they hit the line yeah so if you've let if you left their run too late they'll still have energy at the line and you the winner might be ahead of you or if you do ask them to go too early they get tired and then someone passes you at the end, you know, so that is a timing is essential. And, and then when, the timing of when you put the baking soda in the nose, right? Whoa! Oh, <laughs> oh, LJ, way to tank a fucking show. <laughs> there he is. Let's pop the balloon. Um, the other thing is you're right, because if you look at a horse with a tank of gas, like a race car driver, they need to know when to conserve and mm -hmm. when to punch. That's 100 percent right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's really essentially it. Those jockeys that have an incredible timing mechanism are the ones that probably rise to the top. It's like if you got one can of bounce back beer <laughs> and you like chugging it, you want to like make sure you get to the end right at the right time. You don't want to like. Right when she walks in, like, oh, hello, love. <laughs> you like my cut off sleeves bounce back? <laughs> 
Wow, I could have thought you were from England. Who are like obviously very passionate about the sport. How do you guys think that the sport is changing or inviting new people to be fans of the sport as we're getting into like more less less attention towards things, more competition? It's just you know the uh, the game's just going through. Uh, a lot of changes over right. the last few years. Like it's it's contracting, but it's just changing. You know, 50 years ago, everyone would want to go to the races to experience it firsthand. Now everyone bets on their phones. And so you don't need 50 racetracks in California. Is that good you know, or so bad for the sport? It's just, it's not good or bad. It's just the reality of the change, you know? And so we're, we're basically amalgamating to the big tracks like San Anita and Del Mar. Mm -hmm. And there are tracks that are going to close like yeah. Hollywood park, you know, it's sad, but the but handle's like, still there on the yeah, phone. Like people are still betting, you know, the record handles every year. Yeah. People want to bet and the, the attendances record every year at Del Mar. People love coming to the races. It's Dina's my host at, at TVG I and I love her for TVG. And they, cause they do a bunch of, well, first and foremost, I like to, all right, let me get into it. Here we Baffert go. said I, I was Who? his favorite, Bob Baffert said I was his favorite TV <laughs> journalist because that guy gambles, he drinks, he smokes, he's always got a woman on his arm and whether he wins or loses, he always has fun. And that's what every horseman should be or punter or whatever. And I always love that. Cause that's, you know, if you're out here grinding your teeth and trying to kill it, you gotta go out and have fun. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now the problem with me with tickets and cash, sometimes I forget the race or lose the ticket or whatever with TVG, it's all automated. You understand? <laughs> like I, like for instance, I better, <laughs> I looked at my TVG account this morning and I'm like, man, I probably have 2,100 bucks. I had 3,800 and I go, oh, they give me my rebate. How great is that? TVG, they give me like a, some sense on every dollar okay. I put through the window, which is another bonus. And they so only... they fired you and they still let you have an account? <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you, uh, yeah. I'm top 10, top 10 of TVG account holders. So then I look back and I had better race and the horse that I thought lost, I, did, I, did, I turned it off when I lost, somebody got DQ'd and I won like 2K. So I had like 4,000 bucks and I'm just like, I would have thrown that ticket away. I mean, when I first started getting the horse racing in Hollywood Park, I probably have a hundred grand of tickets that I just didn't just didn't understand. Like I didn't understand if you did a pick three or pick four and there was a scratch, you could, you could get money back. So I love, I do endorse TVG because and if I can't get to the track, Fandle. it's now Fandle. Fandle. I mean, I love Fandle. I love anything that supports thoroughbred racing. Any uh, app that's putting money into the handle, that's keeping the horses cooking and keeping you know, the trainers and jocks going that I, I'm a big supporter. I love horse racing. Me too. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, look, I mean, the only thing, if you're someone that never follows it or never sees any part of horse racing at all, a lot of time, the only thing you see is the, is the bad news headlines, but like ultimately like there's so much more to it. And, and I really want to promote horse racing in a positive way because I love horses. I've been a part of it my whole life. And I'm kind of like the coach of the team, my little team of horses. I'm like the coach. And I see myself as, as a representative of those horses. And I just want to promote my stable and, and all the, the good parts of the game and my owners that are part of it. It's just, it's, it's just a, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. It, I think it's it, the best game ever. It's the best bet in town. I love it. Well, I think like, um, yeah, I mean, what you said i mean it's it's yeah it's it, you can risk a little and win a lot i risked 190 dollars and won 190,000 so i can lose a lot of races in between 
You know, and everyone's like, what's the difference between someone that likes horses and doesn't? Winning. Winning sure. solves everything, everywhere. When you win, everyone gets along. When you lose and there's, you're thirsty and you're striving, you start to have inner turmoil. I brought my drummer, Dave Patrickios of the Checkout Girls, had no idea that racehorsing existed as an adult. As a 30-year-old as a man, had no concept that people <laughs> competed, jockeys. I brought him to Hollywood Park. He's like, what do I do? I'm like, put these three horses in a $2 trifecta box and he's like what are you talking about I go go to king kingy go to king i'm like king two dollar try box one three eight it hit he won 500 bucks he's hooked yeah, game's over game over six bucks 500 bucks see you later calls me all the time dude you're not gonna believe it i'm in new york i went to belmont i go i believe it when you win it's well the app it. is so addicting because it's so easy and you're like ooh, what's happening in golden gate park in san francisco then you find some stupid name that you like and it's all over. It's all and over. I, I've come back to that too. And my buddy, uh, Roy Yonita, who is a um, pretty good handicapper, when I learned the rags and sheets and the form, I just kept coming up with like, I just kept getting burned. I went back to like, find the horse that you like that makes sense. And I do number combos and I do names sometimes. And it pays off. Like yesterday, the three horse one, Catholic girl, not that I would know any of those four to one and then i like the combo 310 and i put a 70 to one shot underneath her 310 came out and it's like there's there's really no science or formula that will win every single time are you allowed to gamble uh yes uh but with exemptions like i can gamble if i have a horse in the race i can only bet on my horse okay that so, makes sense. Do you have a, do you like have any that. horses tomorrow? Yeah, I got one horse running. Like I wish the NFL players could bet I mean, on themselves. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Well, That's how you fix it. Pete well. Rose is grinding his teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what's the name of the horse? Park City. In what race? Oh. Second race. Everybody, we got to root for Park City. Second race for Dan Black. Ten to one. What's the number? Uh, I think he's post four. Of four star. Okay. Oh, that's a lucky number. Four nineteen, my brother's birthday. I crush that number in roulette. He's doing good. He's it's his first run on the dirt, so he's raced previously on the grass, and then we're gonna try something new tomorrow and try him on the dirt. So, do you want to tell the audience uh, what the difference between running on grass and dirt is? I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> one's dirt, one's grass. What about the speed? Typically, like horses are born. My opinion is horses are born with an affinity for a surface. They'll typically run better on turf or dirt. Very rarely you'll get one horse in a million that's like equally good on both. Okay. But really? typically, and they'll they're born for like to be better on one surface or the other. How early so, can you tell? Uh, that's a good question. Like it's. We, once you got them, get them up training, like you kind of see the way they move, that'll give you an indication, but also their pedigree, their mother and father. Like if they were both good on the grass, most likely the okay. the, the offspring are gonna be good And on which the grass. one's sexier to have, dirt or grass? Where you're like, oh, I got a grass one, this is sexy. <laughs> the money I, is good I would for say, both. I would also Money's say, in the dirt. Yeah. All well, right. I think the money in breeding is, is actually in the dirt. We don't want to get too far into this, but like you think so? Yeah, in the dirt, like you know, like American Pharaoh, Justify. Yeah. If you win the triple crown on, on the dirt, which is on the dirt, yeah, it's that's true. that's where the big okay. money in breeding in breeding is. Are, you know? are most sense. of the owners of horses like a, a syndicate of multiple owners, or is it usually a singular? That's the cool thing about it. It's <laughs> like you like all my owners are across the spectrum. Everyone's come from a different walk of life. I've got doctors, I've got professional sportsmen, uh, finance guys, farmers. One they're day you're gonna have a clown beer mogul. <laughs> <laughs> Typically they've all been 
successful in whatever they do but now we've got this oh, no. micro shares <laughs> won't take me on. we have these micro share syndicates where you can buy in for like a hundred bucks like oh, myracehorse.com no you can go there buy in for a racehorse for like a hundred two hundred bucks and then you're part of the action it's oh we really gotta buy good. a horse yeah it's oh, it's man. a really cool I, way to I'm get to get into the uh into the just get have into you the ever game. done that you've never bought oh, yeah. a horse styling cat was the greatest horse ever okay. we got edmund gann was the owner John Sadler was the trainer. Edmund Gann is an owner that wants to win triple crowns. So at Del Mar, he dropped into 16.5. The horse probably could run in 40 and 50 claimers. When I say stuff like that, I can compare it to the layperson that the horse could probably run against seniors in college. And they dropped him down running soft against sophomores in high school. And he just wanted to lose the horse, but the horse was still good. So we got him for 16.5. Jeff Mullins was the trainer. We had three wins, two seconds, and a third, and we sold them for forty thousand. That is a success story. Wow. Yeah. So the three, the, uh, my two partners and I netted twenty uh, k each. You flipped a horse. We flipped a horse. <laughs> and dude, I did. I was happy. My my uh, partner Bob, he loved the horse because the other thing that's cool about owning a horse, you get to go back, you talk to the riders, you talk to the trainers, and uh, Raw Airs, is he still down here? Uh, no, not anymore. Where'd he go? Okay, I back. think he's went, went Midwest somewhere. Okay, well, he, he was uh, the guy that would train the horse in the morning. And he goes, you got a really unique horse. And I go, why? He goes, in the morning, he's lazy. I sit on him. I'm like, let's go. He won't even gallop. He just stands there. I don't want to do shit. He goes, but when it's race day, we call him a trier. He knows it's game on. Like LeBron throwing a chalk in the air, boom. And he goes, and the truth is, every single time that that horse ran, it tried. It gave it gave its best. And it's tough to teach a horse that because horses are packed animals. Some want to be alphas and some want to just hang so out. So you owned a piece of a horse, is that right? I owned a ton of horses, man. Right. I mean, I'm going back to like <laughs> Ted West days, dude. Oh, wow. I had horses with Ted. I had horses with Jeff. I had horses with wheels. You ever buy a horse before its birth? Wow, that's a Can lot of money, that? dog. Uh, oh, is that crazy? That's the you crazy have to money. Own, you have to own the mother. Okay. Before its birth. Before. If it, if it, yeah, but otherwise they'll be they'll be sold as a they have sales in Kentucky for foals for yearlings one year old horses. So you can gonna they ha, you can go and buy horses before they raced based on the way they look and their pedigree. But it's ex- like super expensive, right? Like, what's yeah, the cheapest I mean, one you could buy? I mean, it's got to be. Well, I mean, there's horses you can pick up for a thousand bucks, but. Chances are they're gonna, they're gonna, why are those horses? But like, no, I mean, it's like being an owner is like being part of your own mini sports franchise, yes, on a small scale, and that's why it's just, but you got to be passionate about it. You can't just come in and think, oh, I'm gonna give this a go. If you're not passionate about it, typically you're not gonna enjoy it as much. Like, like Mark Cuban, he didn't buy the Mavericks because he wanted to make money, he bought it because he loved basketball, yes, and like, same with horse racing, if you're passionate about it. And you want to be part of it, then just give it a go because it's it's yeah, an awesome, uh, awesome experience. Dave Portnoy's horse ran in a grade three today. It was the one horse. It was Princess, uh, Queen Princess, I think is the name of the horse. And that's a guy that's passionate about horses. And you look at his feed on Instagram. He's there at the morning, in the morning, filming the horse, training, just fired up. That's a yeah. guy that doesn't care about money. You know what I mean? For I ran one horse in a, in a I, well, I had a horse in the Derby. I mean, I was kind of like you a- did? Well, Bob Blackjack, it's the Kasparov brothers. You're probably feeding it. James and I had a, a, like, it's good. He begged me. Uh, God, it's so weird. Timmy Kasparov begged me for five thousand dollars. They got this twenty five thousand dollar horse, Bob Blackjack. <laughs> and I just had three horses at the time. I couldn't do it. He goes, dude, 
you don't even have to pay me the money. This is like a runner. Just say it. I'm like, Timmy, and like Timmy and I have this wild relationship. We're like family, but we're contentious. And I'm like, he's selling me a lemon. The horse breaks its maiden by seven. <laughs> won the Malibu. Yeah, I know. One. So he flew me <laughs> to the Derby. And uh, who's the announcer? No, no. I think it is. Who's the announcer that works for Fox Sports? Is it uh, Richard Megliora? Is yeah. that? Yeah, he I think was an ex-jockey in New York. I but. think he rode. Yeah, the horse. He Mickey finished eleventh. Yeah, he finished. You know, but I mean, it was pretty exciting. And yeah, I forgot the Kasparovs. Me and James had a couple horses too. <laughs> it's a wild game, man. Just it's 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 fun. Listen, if I hit the billion dollars, all the all trainers horses. are getting ten million bucks <laughs> and saying I need to make a run at the Triple Crown, or Dubai, or the Breeders. And if I hit one of them, you could just push me off that building. Life is done. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean that's, that's what you people are like what would you do if you won the lottery well I would travel not me <laughs> I have it down to a science precisely what I would do I'd have a first class airline for all the graded stakes I'd go I mean people are like would you buy houses no I would stay in five star hotels <laughs> I would travel I mean geez you want to hit him with the mic anyway we've taken up enough of your time no, I'm, I'm having a great time I'm I want to thank it. Danny he's got a ticket tomorrow I was going to try to wing it in this outfit. <laughs> well, yeah, you're going to have to change. But you've got 24 hours to change, so you've got plenty of time to pick, pick out your outfit. You can't outfit wear this at all. You can. I mean, well, he said there was no way we're getting upstairs. At the thing. But I, I want to say, like, if anyone, any of your avid listeners yes. are interested in coming to Del Mar this summer, just send me a DM, db.racing. db.racing. And I'll hook you up. Come to the track. Really? I'd love to show you the track and... Come and uh, hang And if out. you want to have a horse trainer, my man over here has been putting his time and he's starting to pop. So <laughs> you want to buy a horse, this is your guy. Because some of the big trainers have got 150 horses. You know, it's like being on the Dallas Cowboys. It's too much. You could get the personal treatment with Danny Blacker. That's right. I love it. Free bounce back beer, too. Yeah. You're, you're def- I'm, giving you t- I'm giving you T-shirts for the girls. A couple hats. <laughs> Can you? No. Can I have ones with sleeves? I mean, I, oh, I, I just, cut them off, yeah, dude. Look, yeah. I, <laughs> and dog hair nice. too. You know, yeah, I got, I got yeah. the dog. I got the dog. Uh, so listen, you're welcome to hang out. You're welcome with some jerky, but we kept you for too long, mate. No, it's okay. I've had a good time. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you so much. You come, when you're up in uh, Santa Anita, come on the show. I will come back. No, you don't yeah. want me back. Oh, I'm we giving, love repeating all, all my stories. Well, no, I hope no you. Listen, I hope you come back with a giant win. Like a huge, so. you know, you had a couple. What's the biggest stakes you won? I know you had a big. Uh, one. I had a. There's a horse called Straight No Chaser. I mean, basically Straight named no after you. Chaser. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's uh, owned by this the Microshare Syndicate, my racehorse. He won a big race on Preakness Day, so that was oh. it. Was pretty awesome to be there and be oh, part dude. of the the crew. Is he has like 950 owners, so that winner's circle was <laughs> eight. Oh shit. my god. <laughs> it is a good idea. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, well, hang around. Hey, thank you guys so much. This is Bubbles by the Beach. We had a wrap. Bounce back podcast. Subscribe, like, comments. And then where are we going tonight again? Uh, in Fuego. In Fuego. In Fuego and Del Mar. Del Mar. Right. Yeah. Isn't that a, like a? It's a new movie out. A Cheeto movie, right? Is it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you ever heard that? Thing? I just said, yeah, it's a real thing. Do you know the guy that created? Oh, the guy that created the spicy Cheetos. You're right. Yeah, he's a janitor. He's a janitor. Yeah, that's a true story. He came up with the idea. So listen, if he can come up with spicy Cheetos, I can do the bounce back beer. (laughs) Follow at (laughs) drink during the day on Instagram. Like, subscribe, and rate. Yay.